0: Hello, hello. I would like to welcome you back to the Black on Black Education Podcast. Today, you're going to hear an incredible conversation that I had with Miss Ola, the founder of the Free Black Women's Library. We had an incredible conversation about reading and the importance of doing so, not only to learn, but also to escape um, everything that's crazy that's going on in our world. So, right now, If you live in the United States, it is more likely than not that you're quarantined, you're working from home, you're teaching from home, schools are closed. And we use this time to have a conversation about how we can use reading to find solace in a time of craziness. We also talked about the fact that too often students are not given diverse authors in terms of their reading. And so that is important, no matter what the classroom demographic looks like, because there needs to be diversity of thought. I look forward to hearing what you guys think about this conversation and I'm really excited for all the amazing book recommendations that you're gonna hear at the end. So thank you, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode.
1: Okay.
2: Hello, hello, welcome back to the Black on Black Education podcast. As always, we have a guest and as always, I let our guests introduce ourselves to the listeners.
3: So, hey everyone, uh, my name is Ola akimolo and i'm from brooklyn new york and thank you so much for having me on your show
2: yeah, I'm very excited for our conversation. And so um, let's kind of get right into it. The reason we wanted to have you on is because we wanted to have like an in-depth conversation about reading as a source of, of knowledge and reading um, in a large scope because there are so many different things to read. And so you started the Free Black Women's Library and I would just love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about that.
3: Sure. Um, So basically, I started the library in 2015. So it's uh, almost five years old. And it's a social art project and a literary project and a community engagement project um, that features a collection of books written by black women, Mm -hmm. books of books of every genre. And books for all ages and right now the library has over 2,000 books in its collection. I started it with 100 books uh, back in 2015 and it's a mobile library so that means that it travels all over New York City, um, most especially in Brooklyn where it was founded in Brooklyn, New York and Every month, the library is installed in a different location. And while it is installed in that space, there are different activities that take place uh, within that space, different types of public programming, different ways that the library engages with the community, happens, as well as uh, book trades. So the way the library works is that for every book you bring, you get to take a book as long as it's a Black woman writer. So you can come and trade books with the library where you can bring one book and walk away with one book, bring five, walk away with five, you know, and that could be anything ranging from romance to historical fiction to books on self-help, books on finance, um, graphic novels, children's books, uh, books on health and wellness, uh books on politics, cookbooks, it could be anything so you know these are all books written by black women, and that's the one thing that they have in common, but they range in topic and so you know, no matter what type of books you like to read, you'll find something for you there mm. and even if you come to the library without a book to trade, you can still just enjoy looking at the books, um, talking about the books with other people, you know, taking pictures of the books, uh, sitting down and reading for a little while, or engaging in whatever activity is going on, uh, whether it be a writing workshop or a conversation about some issue that's going on or games we have uh, literary games that we play so it varies and it's always
1: a good time
2: yeah and I love the idea of having a good time surrounded by books um I have always found solace in books and I've always been able to like find a safe space in reading but then I know so many people who are like I hate reading it's the worst thing ever and so Mm. you just explaining that there are so many different types of books is so helpful because I think people um have had a a certain type of writer and a certain type of story being told to them through books throughout their school life and they never connected with them. And so then they never went on to like, enjoy, um, falling in love with the book because they haven't always had the opportunity to love the books that they, that they, um, that they had. And so that kind of leads me directly into, um, our next question, which is about, um, reading in general and like, Where did your love for reading come from and what is it about Black women's writing in particular that you enjoy reading, writing, and sharing with others?
3: Uh, Well, my love of reading started at a very young age. I've always loved books and I've always loved to read. Um, I, I was naturally attracted to books just because I feel like they served as a form of Uh, escape for me they served as a form of um, you know someone kind of like a portal uh, to just kind of like dreaming I was always kind of like a daydreaming type of kid and uh, on the quiet side and I you know spent a lot of time alone and I think I was just naturally drawn to books and library because like the quiet because it was just a very like solitary felt like a very solitary comforting activity Mm -hmm. so you know so I always kind of enjoyed like just diving into a book especially if it's really well written and the characters are beautifully developed or you know as a kid if it was like beautifully illustrated I always was kind of like visually drawn to you know the way a story is told with images so you know I think books kind of served as friends for me in a way as a younger person. But now, you know, as an adult, I still read books to, you know, experience those same type of feelings. But I also um, receive a very specific type of, like, affirmation and uh, inspiration from reading Black women's stories. You know, as a Black woman, I feel like there are certain... Uh, ways and experiences, and uh, oh, I'm just so going.
2: Yeah, I'm so not used to being home that my house phone rang. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> Word, I feel you. Yeah, but the different complications of you know black womanhood, the way it's captured in stories, and. You know, having myself centered in a story I think is important, um, you know, for me. It's uh, something that is very humanizing, you know, and it's something that can feel uh, very compassionate and very, um, uh, very relevant, something very there's a connectivity there mm-hmm. that I find really appealing. And there's a brilliance there. That I find really appealing, and I think it's something that isn't uh, centered enough. You, you know, I don't think enough attention is paid to um, the the art and the language and the creativity and the imagination of Black women specifically. So, you know, that was part of as part of that reason that I started the library uh, was just to kind of like honor. That ability and that skill factor, you know, some people call it ma- black girl magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, you know, um, I just felt like it was something that really needed to be amplified and elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the library came in. And it wasn't until I started reading black women's writing as an older person in college that I started to. You know, it made me kind of, like, know myself a little more and, like, claim myself a little more, you know, uh, within the fiction. And then within the nonfiction, there's, uh, you know, there's an analysis that comes with it and that kind of, like, makes me – it just helped me develop a sense of awareness, you know, reading books on Black feminism, books on womanism, books, you know – like yeah. in, like race, woman, in class, like that intersectionality, as they call it, like yeah. Yeah. learning that that is a very specific viewpoint, and it comes with very specific uh challenges, mm-hmm. and you know it's not it's not uh something that you can just brush off, yeah. so yeah. I, you know. There's different there's different ways that people can enter into the conversation and I think for me I feel like there's something to be considered around that uh, that double that double identity. Mm. So
2: yeah, and so I think a big part of what I got from what you just said is is a lot of these it's a lot of the, the self work that comes with reading. I think that like seeing images on television or in TV are absolutely powerful, but I think that like the extra amount of creativity that comes along with reading um, is it's just specific and you get in touch with yourself. So I know for me, I don't know if I read anything written by a black woman before I was in college. I'm I, like, I'm really just not sure. Um, being in, and then since then I've really only read like memoirs, but not as much um, scholarship and things like that from black women. And so um, I I took notice to that while you were talking because it wasn't something that was like offered to me. And so I remember being young and getting lost in books of, and similarly to the way that you explained having them as an escape. Um, but I was always reading books like Amelia Bedelia, and then Junie B. Jones, and then Nancy Drew, and then twilight mm-hmm. and Only someone else's story, told um, mm-hmm. in a story that like I could not in any way connect to. Um, and so it's just really, really um, beautiful to hear you talk about what um, happens specifically for Black women when they read the stories of other Black women. And I think that that drawing inspiration piece is super key. Um, and so. And then you even went to the nonfiction side to talk about because Black women are asking different questions than other demographics of people. Um, so if yeah. we're from a research perspective, they're asking questions that are about Black women. They're asking, they're creating scholarship that's that's in service of Black women. And so um, that's another really really important piece on schools in the education sense, or then even the wider. Um, Society choosing to pick up the books and the scholarship of black women then asking questions that are in that that are coming from that that standpoint
3: yeah I mean there's something very powerful uh, that happens when you exist in a society that tries to uh, minimize your worth mm-hmm. or objectifies your objectifies you and
1: you gain
3: access to other people who feel similarly and they express that through uh, poetry or through short story or through personal essay you know and you read that and it's like wow okay this person feels the same as me like there's something very special about that that kind of helps you uh you know walk a little taller because it's like oh it's not just me that's dealing with um you know uh what they call microaggressions or you know or street harassment or you know um colorism or uh issues around uh conflicts around like queerness and christianity or all these you know very specific things that you know black women and black girls are challenged with so it's like when you read that i think it does something for you as a person um and i just think that means a lot that can mean a lot for somebody's healing you know um you know if they've dealt with a certain like trauma I can kind of help them heal and serve as uh, a a stepping stone to just feeling better about themselves. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It
1: does. It absolutely does. When
2: I think, we all feel that when we're in middle school, like no one knows us and everything is terrible. And then I know at least, at least a lot of folks from, from my generation, like now we're out of high school, we're out of middle school, we're in college, we're starting to build and starting to see ourselves and our self-worth. And we're on Twitter and we're seeing that black Twitter is saying that everything that we were feeling as <laughs> in, my, in my experience, being one of the only people of color in my, my high school in my middle school. So like, all of the other folks on Black Twitter are like affirming all of those things.
1: <laughs> when
2: you pick up a book like *Citizen* by Claudia Rankine, um, you read that, and you're like, "Whoa!" So it's not just me that feels crazy.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's not just me that's seeing these things as as outlandish. Or you read *The Hate you Give*, and you're like, "Oh, it does feel crazy to have to be a very different person at home than you are when <laughs> when you're." Mm-hmm. A- and, and that dichotomy between your community, but also the other community that you're a part of because you go to a predominantly white school. So when you see yourself seen, um, in and re- in reading and, and before the movies come out, you picture yourself in the words that you're reading. It's, it's yeah. absolutely powerful and absolutely, um, a sense of healing. And so why is it important for us but particularly teachers and professors and folks who are informing the the minds of of the people coming up um for for them to implement work that is by black black authors and black women specifically into their curriculum
3: um well i think any teacher who's really trying to like guide their students and open up their students would make it a point to make sure that they have a curriculum that is diverse you know I think that they'll see that there's a lot of worth in bringing different voices and different perspectives into the classroom no matter what the you know demographic of the class is you know so (laughs) You want to, you want to give different perspectives, you know, you want to, you want to approach uh, language and creativity and imagination from different viewpoints so that, you know, you're opening up the minds of your students to seeing the world beyond their own eyes, you know, and recognizing that the way they see things isn't the only way. Um, And not that it's not valid or you know making sense for them but that there's other you know there's other minds out there there's other ways to be and see and I think that helps their critical thinking skills and I would think that's something that any teacher would want uh, to do for their students absolutely
2: absolutely and i think the key piece that you that that i want to like pull out of there for people who are listening is that no matter what the demographic is it shouldn't be that we only teach um black and brown people in black and brown communities if mm-hmm. your classroom exactly. is, is is white as can be you should still be giving them information about the lives and the histories and yep. the experiences of people of color because then it sends them out into the world with a different framing that they are the center
3: exactly exactly (laughs) when
2: when everything that you read your entire life and everything you see your entire life and your whole community looks one way you're going to go out into the world thinking that i'm this is this, this is how the world works and everything else is on the margins which is true but when we start to think that that's not the case because we're hearing different stories and getting to know different people, then we, then that becomes reality. We, exactly. we realize that we are not the center, that there are other stories, that there are other ways of being, other ways of thinking. Um, and, and so I think that that's why I love reading so much because I'm thankful that I'm able to travel a lot. And I've, I've been able to go into different um, different places and meet different people and be in different communities. I spent three weeks um, in the beginning of this year in South Africa and I was Like, floored by how much culture and how, like, just all of the incredible things that we were getting. And then the people that I was there with were like,
1: Um,
2: when did you guys learn English? And what is happening? And so it's because, again, they only have one story about Africa and what Africa can look like and what Africa can be. And so when we're told that most people in south africa speak fluent english and that all the signs in south africa and all the menus are in english um that's because there's a like a place outside of the united states where people speak english (laughs) and and you get to capture those different worlds in the same way that when you travel you get to capture these different cultures and ideas um so 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 important and (coughs) And so education education just comes in so many different forms. And so that's something that we try to kind of bring into into consciousness when we have this this podcast is that education is what you learn in school, absolutely, but it's so much farther than that. And so why is reading such a great source of education?
3: Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. For one, I um, you know, I think reading is a pleasurable activity and I would want people to find joy and pleasure in what they're reading I would never want people to feel like forced you know to read something because that's not fun you know um, but the fact is that there are books about everything and anything that interests you right so let's say for instance my daughter and I, we like to take trips. So whenever we decide that we want to take a trip somewhere and check out a city, we'll go and we'll do research on that city Mm -hmm. by reading books about the city, watching videos about the city. So in that way, we're educating ourselves so that when we get there, we can have the best experience possible for us, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's that. Um, if somebody wants to be a photographer or a filmmaker, or, you know, like when my daughter was a tiny little baby and I, you know, found books on how to make baby food. You know, I think, you know, when it comes to the concept of education, I worry about people limiting it to this thing of like schools and academics and degrees and things like that. You know, I mean, I have a reverence for those for school as well, the institution and all that stuff. But there's so much that you can learn from books that it's a special type of education because it's not just like facts and figures, but it's also like livelihood, lifestyle, you know, relationship building, community building, learning how to take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. um, learning how to connect with other people, um, dealing with trauma. Like, there's so much that you can gain, you know, uh, if you want to make candles or if you want to um, make hair products. I mean, there's books on everything. You know, there's books on urban planning. And you can actually read as much as you can about any topic that you're passionate about that fascinates you, uh, to the point where, you know, it's almost as if you've given yourself your own type of degree, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, I don't know if what I'm saying is sounds strange to folks, but I, I feel like we get over attached to, like education being one thing when it can be when it can be so many things you know you can be emotionally intelligent you can be visually intelligent um so you can gain education and luckily for people who say oh you know even when people come to the library and they say oh you know I don't really like to read that much Mm -hmm. I'll ask them like You know, are you sure you don't like to read, or maybe you just haven't found books that interest you specifically? Like, what are you into? You know, oh, I'm into cars. Okay, well, look at here. We have this book about, you know, cars of the 1950s, and it's like photographs of these cars with the way the wheels are, or what colors were used, or, you know, why they were made. They were, you know, so I think, um, You know, I like to challenge people who say they don't like to read by asking them what interests them and seeing if they've ever read a book about that thing or Mm -hmm. if they're really into baseball or music, you know, or even reality TV, (laughs) you know. Um, Usually I can find a book for pretty much anyone. Um, The past five years I've been doing a library, I've been able to find books for anyone with wide and unique ranges of interests. And that's when I think reading feels fun because you're learning, but you're also like enjoying what it is you're reading about. And um, for those who aren't able to like sit and flip through pages, I also recommend audiobooks because mm-hmm. I think that. You know, being able to uh, listen to a book is also, can, can also be a really valuable experience, you know, just as much as uh, sitting and reading one. You know, I, I read both ways. I sit and I read pages and I also listen to audiobooks And sometimes I do both. Like, mm-hmm. if I really love a book, I will read it and listen to it. <laughs> You know, so I think um, if people really expand their mind around what it is to educate or be educated or education and then also expand their minds around like what reading is, you know, I think that um, it would feel a lot more accessible, Mm. you Mm. know?
2: Absolutely. 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 I think that's a big, a big, a huge, huge one. Um, my dad, who also co-hosts this podcast with me, he um, it did not do well in school. Like he just wasn't a good student. Um, he didn't buy into the idea that this is what was going to make him successful. And so he just like, didn't do it. Now, I'm not advocating for people to not do school because school is really important. Um, And I'm different from him because I flourished in a traditional education setting and he didn't go to college, but he's also one of the smartest people that I know because of the books that he's chosen to read, the audio books he's chosen to read, the podcasts he chooses to listen to. And so again, like you make such a valid point of like, We cannot limit education to school. We cannot limit education to this one thing. Because if we do that, then we run the risk of believing. I'm so sorry. One second. Nanny, if you see the door closed. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why why else
1: would the door be closed? (laughs) (laughs) um so what was i even saying um
2: so if we stop limiting um ourselves the idea that education is only one thing then we start being able to take more onus over the education that we receive
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and so our nice a beautiful interruption kind of brings us into the fact that we're all stuck in the house right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic We cannot deny that. It's almost impossible not to talk about coronavirus. I hear it at least 50 times a day. And so during this lockdown, during this period of time where we can't leave our homes or we're not supposed to be leaving our homes, um, what advice do you have for folks, like specific authors or readers uh, or, or writers that you think are super important in this time for them to go out and read in various different genres?
1: Hmm. Well,
3: <laughs> some of your favorites. <laughs> well, there's a lot. I have a long list of favorite authors. Um, and I think it depends on people's reading personality. You know, uh, right now I am really into short stories. Mm-hmm. I ha- I started a series on YouTube uh, and it's a short story time series. Ooh, did you hear that thunder?
1: Mm-hmm. I,
3: oh. <laughs> wow um so I have this short story time series that I'm doing on YouTube where I'm reading short stories by black women mm. and then giving people writing prompts and discussion questions and you know self reflection questions that they can uh respond to uh through journaling and so each video features um a short story and I think that that's something I'm really into right now, but I've also always been into short stories uh, because I feel like they don't require as much commitment and focus <laughs> as a long, thick novel. Mm-hmm. So it depends on people's reading personalities. Cause I know that sometimes I'm also in the mood for a long, thick novel. Um, I just finished one. It's called Girl, Women, Other, and it's by Bernadine Evaristo. And she, and that book is amazing. I love that book. Um, So I would recommend that if people are looking for something long that spans over time, like it has kind of like that homegoing by Yagyasi feel where it's like decades and characters. I really enjoyed that book. Um, But I'm also enjoying um, How Long Till Black Future Month, which is a collection of short stories written by N.K. Jemison, And I'm probably going to read one of those stories from my series. Um, The last one I read is... um, I'm blocking Heads of the Colored People. That's another good uh, short story collection. Um, There's a book called Stay With Me by a Nigerian author. It's really good. And then there are the classics uh, Alice Walker's Color Purple or Temple of My Familiar class. Um, Anything by Toni Morrison, of course, Um, especially, you know, Beloved. And uh, Paradise, um, you know, uh, the, um, ooh, that thunder is going off, <laughs> uh, Zora, Zora Neale Hurston's memoir is one of my favorites, it's called Dust Tracks on the Road, um, you know, and then, of course, everyone's, should have read Their Eyes Were Watching God, I feel like that's really popular, story for um, for like high school English or cu- courses at least it should be um, you know and there's, then there's a nonfiction uh, Sister Outsider, a new edition of Sister Outsider just came out those are essays by Audre Lorde and it features a forward from uh, Mahogany Brown who's an amazing poet mm-hmm. so that's really really good a must. Uh, Parable of the Sower by Tavia Butler is an absolute must read right now. You know, it's a dystopian science fiction, and, but it's really relevant to what's going on right now with coronavirus and with, you know, the state of the world feeling very dystopian. So, yeah. Yeah, was, so yeah there's a lot of good stuff out there's, there.
2: there there's a lot of options i'm sad <laughs> I'm sad at the thing at the amount of things i have not read like i've never read anything by tony morrison i know i'm so sorry um it really just comes from again i i mean you read like the story of helen keller and like well, what else did we read in high school? Um, old man in the sea and the outsiders. And like, those were all of the books that I kind of got into because those were the books that I was given and were accessible to me. We read Shakespeare. Um, and so then, then I got into college. I'm like, I'm going to read so much more black stuff. I came with an Africana studies minor. I'm like, I'm going to read all the black stuff. And then you get there and then they give us all the men. So they give us the Baldwin's and the Langston Hughes and those, and those. And then I was like, wait, but like none of these people are women. And so now I'm finally getting into that, Um uh, Realm of like, yes, I should be like engrossed in these books by um by black women. So I'm definitely going to take you up on some of these. I have Beloved in my bookcase, so I will have it read. It's the next one on my list.
1: <laughs> yes, awesome,
3: <laughs> awesome. And then after you read the book, go watch the movie.
2: Okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it. right now I would have I read The Water Dancer since the quarantine. I read The Water Dancer. I'm okay. Finish uh if Bill Street could talk today and then Oh, awesome. So, I've been reading it up. That that's the one goal that I had during this time that I'm that I'm actually sticking to. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, I think now's a really good time for people to read, you know, because you know, reading is such like we said at the beginning of this conversation, reading can be a a form of escape and it's a healthy form of escape because it's not, you know, if anything, it's just kind of sharpening your imagination. It's opening up the portals in your mind. So right now, the world is a, feels like a really scary, toxic place. You know, right now, the, there's a lot of grief and trauma that's taking mm-hmm. place global on a global level. You know, and this is something that a lot of us haven't experienced in our lifetime. Like, this is not... A, Uh, everyday occurrence, what's happening in the world, like people are dying, people are sick. There are people who are sick but don't know they're sick because they look fine. So it's all very confusing and there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of contradictions, a lot of hypocrisy on display. And books can be, you know, if people want to escape through books, now is a good time, (laughs) you know? And if people want to you know, if people want to sharpen their skills and read books about how media is used to manipulate society, now is a good time for that. How p- politics can be oppressive, um, an oppressive system. People can read about that. People can read about, you know, finance, uh, the world collapsing through, you know, financial crisis or through a health crisis uh, people can read about the AIDS epidemic mm. and, the, and the movements that took place then and how they they can be reincor- reincorporated into now you know or Ebola or SARS you know um, it's uh you know you can, or you can do both no you bad. know you you can go hardcore, scientific, analytic, and approach all of this from a very political, radical, empowered, intelligent place. Or you can just hide in some erotica and some poetry and some, you know, flowers or both, you know.
2: There's just so many options. It's, That's what
3: I love. It's, it's
1: all good. Mm-hmm. I'm you so
2: kind of. To round out our conversation we always like to give our guests the opportunity um, to ask us any questions and then I just want you to to uh let the people know where they can find the free black women's library um based in New York where they can find the stuff that you're working on and obviously your YouTube page where they
3: can listen to read some short stories well um the one question I'll ask is uh what was it about the library that inspired you to uh, have me on your show
2: Mm -hmm. um i i had followed you for a long time and spent a lot of money on books that i was like ooh that looks like it would be good let me just buy it and so then i have a whole like list i have a whole list of books that are all um like suggestions from the free black women library instagram but also just the idea of like a lot of what we talked about um for me again I think that I'm a I'm a good writer because I'm a good reader. Uh, mm. I'm a good reader because I focus and I want to know and I want to understand. And so I wanted to have a conversation with somebody who from what you've chosen to to do um, seems like, yeah, you like to read and have a conversation with somebody who likes to read and about how like, Unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the people who I've taught or who I have been in communication with, a lot of my black friends, I don't get to share my love of reading with them. And so I wanted to have a conversation with a black woman who loves um, to read and have a conversation on why that, that makes us smarter and why it needs to be such a such a big part of our um our education system. Because um, again, like that, you, you can learn just so much from reading.
3: Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
2: Just let people know where they can find you on Instagram and YouTube.
3: Yeah, check me out. Um, it's the Free Black Women's Library on pretty much all platforms. On Instagram, just one word, the Free Black Women's Library. And then, same thing on Facebook, same thing on Tumblr, on Twitter, it's TFBWL, at TFBWL. And on YouTube, it's the Free Black Women's Library. And so, follow me on there, check me out. I also have a Patreon where people can, uh, if they subscribe to the Patreon, they can have access to ex- more exclusive content. Related to books and black women and uh, black women's history and uh, poetry, etc. So, yeah. yeah, thank you so much.
2: Of course, thank you so much, guys. Check her out and check out some of these amazing um, book discussions. <coughs> I'm gonna put them all in the caption so people know exactly where to find them. Um, Yay!
1: Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Peace.